This week's episode of Meet the Brave is sponsored by Awkward Convos with Beejus, the podcast by my brother Beejus, a rapper from West Oakland. And I know what y'all are thinking, another podcast promoting another podcast, and that's just the way it's going to go. What did Hove say? Uh, I'd be damned if I drink uh, Belvedere while Puff got Ciroc. That's literally what this is. I'd be damned if I promote anything else while my brother is killing it weekly and consistently on his podcast and not show him love. We're kicking it off like this. The first few episodes of Meet the Brave, my new podcast with Monty Draper, live from At The Aft Studios, will be sponsored by Awkward Convos with Beejus. Visit Beejus.com slash podcast. Make sure you comment and subscribe. It's very, very, very important that you subscribe to these shows, especially if you're a fan and you're rocking with them. And um, make sure you comment in Beejus' podcast and let them know that you found out about his pod from uh, the first few episodes of Meet the Brave with Monty Draper. But yeah, let's get into it. This is Meet the Brave with Monty Draper, live from At The App Studio, a podcast where it's interview-based, and by the time you're hearing this, you'll, you'll have heard the preview episode, but I still wanted to, you know, just give people an actual premise of still sort of find, trying to find my my footing and, and how I wanted to approach it, and so it's super experimental. These first few will be, um, but that's sort of the premise of the podcast, is that we're learning in real time. And a lot of that is inspired by these amazing people that I've encountered on this dope journey. But I think that's the goal for me personally. I realized that a long time ago about myself. I'm naturally attracted to people who can do things that I can't. And so that's what the podcast is about. Meet the Brave. I sit down with people that I, I, I either had to really, really put myself out there to to get to get close to or get access to and and was and was successful uh you'll hear it in these first few podcasts and you'll hear it in these first few conversations these are people that i don't know at all but they what they're doing and what they're into and what their message is and what their narrative is is so inspiring to me so inspirational and that's really what i wanted to convey with meet the brave i wanted to sit down with these incredible people that are doing these fearless deeds and tasks and exploring think one of the things that social media has really done for us is um, both allowed us to curate the process, but then also some people were being who were being forthright or showing their process, you feel me? Um, and I don't know if we always had access to that. You know, people just sort of appeared as these finished products and we lost um, or we never really had an appreciation for the journey. And there's the journey is everything. The process is everything. And I think and sharing that, and, and that's what I wanted to do for myself, is I wanted to document my process, and I wanted to share it in real time, because uh, technology has afforded us that, and you know, and so this is me documenting and sharing my process in real time, and a big part of my process is learning from people, so being so attentive and listening so close 
that I'm able to retain a lot of what they're saying and a lot of what they're putting out and take what I need and apply it to my own journey just to just for the sake of evolution, you know, and that really has been my process from since I can remember I, I wanted to. If we were running sprints, I wanted to run by the fact that my fat ass was slow. So I needed to be <laughs> next to the fastest cat on the team um, talking about just musicianship as a whole. Oftentimes, if you come into my sessions, you'll see me sitting almost too close to the engineer because I really, really want to know what he or she is doing and what their technique is and what the process is and why they approach it like that. Where is it coming from? And the same thing with collaboration, um, whether it be a a keyboard player, uh, a bassist, um, guitarist, a fellow MC, a singer, writer, composer. Oh, you'll find me extremely close to these people trying to learn and retain a lot of what they're applying to get better. Not even just creators, it's everyday people, some family, some new family. And so that's what Meet the Brave is. It's me learning in real time and I wanted to document my journey, my process. I guess the best metaphor or the best picture I can paint you is... Um, when you're when the the teacher is you know up at the board and teaching a lesson plan and goes does everyone understand and and you're the one that doesn't understand but no one raises their hand and so you fall behind or you don't ask the question you know and and I guess what I'm getting at is that it's okay not to know um it's okay to say I don't understand hey please explain that further I'd like to I'd like to under, have a clear answer and what What's happened is that the internet has become one big-ass classroom where everyone's afraid to say that they don't know or they don't have all the information. And so it's just a ton, ton of fucking guesswork going on, and it's drawing us further and further and further away from our humanity, you know? And so that's what Meet the Brave is. It's me saying, hey, I don't know, I don't understand, and I'd like to know more. Can you explain that clearer to me? Because I want to learn. And learning in real time. It's not the flyest shit. I can be honest about that. Um, and so Meet the Brave is just me sitting down with people that truly, truly, truly inspire me, that have an awesome vision, and that are executing on said vision, you know? Because I think that might be the deciding factor, the difference. And so Meet the Brave is literally an interview-based, conversational pod with people their journeys their processes their techniques and and in the hopes that someone listening somewhere will be inspired and take some shit from either the interviewer um the interviewee and apply it to their process and that be you know almost like uh jumper cables to your shit you know and just get you get you on the road and get you moving in a direction in which you would like to be headed so I appreciate y'all for tuning in. This is going to be an awesome journey together. Um, this will be a weekly uh, drop. I'm working with my At The Ave family. Shout out to everybody in the building. I didn't want to be that cat complaining, having a ton of shit to say, but not putting anything in motion, you know? And this is, you know, this is my contribution. Whether, whether it, like, I don't, it, shit might not work, man. not even trying to be on no, you know, no self-righteous woke shit. It's just, it's just what I wanted to do. And what I thought I could offer. Uh, let's get into our first episode with um, one of my favorite people. Um, I've actually had the the pleasure of following this gentleman, and the process of actually gaining access to him was was just weird. You meet people, or you follow people on Instagram, and you know IG names, and you know their presence, and they kind of are aware with you, aware of you. And you meet them in person, you're like, oh no, nice to finally meet you, even though I kind of know what you've been doing for the last six months, you know. Um, and so, 
Pendarvis Harshaw, uh, OG Pen, to y'all, um, uh, author, journalist, writer, um, overall creator, but uh, an even better human, um, which which sort of guides his um, his creativity. Um, we sat down, we had an incredible conversation, and, and an, an inspiring and enlightening one. Um, and yeah, man, just enjoy, enjoy the convo. Meet the Brave. We are back again. Uh, it's your boy Monty, Monty Draper. We're at the Ave Records. Miles is on the board today. We missed you the other day, Miles. Had to deal with Chris and his attitude. Nah, fucking with you, Flo. Um, and like the last time too, you can hear the excitement and sort of the nervousness because another, you know, this is all about sitting down with people that uh, I'm a fan of myself. So, and today, OG Penn. Mr. Pendarvis is in the building. What's up, brother? It's all good, man. Good to be here. Thank, <laughs> Thank you for having you. me. No, nah, man. Thank you for coming. Um, we've we've talked once, but I've been I've been following you, and uh, you know, this the, I, I say it to everybody: the cold contact shit is weird in this age of it's all just digital. You know, mm-hmm. there's a there's a wall. So when you you feel like you know somebody you're like oh yeah I know no you don't know them you oh, know yeah, they never met in person for real <laughs> exactly but yeah. the, people are swear that they know you you know yeah, and, yeah. um I do I'm still one of those I'm like on the cusp of that age where cuz AOL and instant messenger was the way we we mm-hmm. connected mm-hmm. so that I you know we make fun of the kids but we were kind of the same way but we still you know, you want to pop at a chick, you had to call her house. Hey, Mr. So-and-so, is, you know what I mean? <laughs> Ooh, I don't miss that. <laughs> is she, man, I, uh, you know, hell enough yeah. shaking in your voice. But we we were the first wave of that, I do feel like. And I was, I was laughing with a homie. One of my first, like, rap battles was on uh, in a chat room on Black Planet or something yeah, like that. It was hella yeah. random, but it was, you know, it. it I, I, we, I look at the kids now and see how they're fully finessing just having being hiding behind a a profile name or a profile picture you know and so i it, this i appreciate this I, to, is what i'm getting at i appreciate you coming to sit down and, and getting to build and the whole concept of meet the brave is is me 100 percent reaching out to people i'm fans of in real time as opposed to when they finally get their national acclaim or when the world starts to embrace them or when they're gone you know mm-hmm. you, you see it with some of the sudden sudden passings of some of the hip hop legends and writers and dancers and photographers, like some of the people that have passed in the last three years were sort of abrupt and we celebrate them, but they were, it was quiet for them, you know? And so we want to, you know, start celebrating people in real time and the work that you've done with the community is like phenomenal, bro. Like it's, it's, it's breathtaking. Um, just from a, a, and we'll get to, we'll, We'll get to it, but from a, a journalism standpoint of reading someone whose voice is so authentic, they're not you. I don't know. It's there was a span there with the few with the few of the main writers where you, they were clearly trying to 
show on through text that they were black <laughs> and it shit was annoying it used to bug me it's like why are you trying so hard and, and some of the some of the anchors and espn anchors they would just go out of their way and it's like you don't have to try that hard yeah um because it is this effortless thing and it jump it jumps off the page with just uh authentic language and your writing you use so that it's all authentic but it still feels supremely educated um and i i I want to start there, but I I, I want to go back to and, and and eventually get there. That how you how you got to that point and what inspires you. So, where are you where are you from originally? Originally from Oakland, California. I was born in Columbus, Ohio, but I stayed there for like two winters. I realized it was cold. It's like mom, I'm out. You can come with me or not. What uh who uh who you, you were with your mom with and she you got family originally from there or how, how did that Ohio? Yeah, yeah. The, the the roots are in Columbus. Got I it. mean, obviously from the south originally, but got it. Came up, you know, Mason Dixon line. Got across the water and bam, damn, man. it was there. But um, but yeah, mom. So I'm I'm basically first generation Oakland, California. Got it. And um, yeah. Raised on all three corners of the town, but there I really got my game from the people in the dubs. There you so, go. What yeah. uh, and then si- siblings? Is it just you? They got older sister. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then what was it? What was that dynamic? So and think just your mom, right? Pops wasn't. Yeah, pops skated, so okay. he's somewhere in the south. But, okay. but yeah, um, dynamic. That's a good word. My sister definitely uh, gravitated toward the streets more than I did. Got you. Um, you know, Oakland is tough for anybody, but Absolutely. definitely for young black women. Yeah, and, and um, and she's a. Uh, she caught wind of that. Did, uh, and how much of that do you remember shaping um, sort of your, the optics for you and how you would sort of maneuver through, you know, similar similar situations? Do you remember that at yeah, all? Was yeah, that a thing? very, very much so. Um, so you, you spoke about like the, the highly educated writing, if you will. Yeah, yeah. My sister's vocabulary is extensive. Wow. And on top of that, she like, she knows the strip clubs, the pimps, the, you know, the game. Absolutely. Out here. And I think seeing her bump her head so many times mm-hmm. made me be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to be on a straight and narrow. Wow. I'm going I'm to take this uh, square route. So for wow. high school, I went to the high school out the way, out in Danville. Okay. Called Athenian. You went to Athenian? Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, and I really give my credit to my, my middle school experience mm-hmm. for culturing. Absolutely. So although I'd go out there for high school, mm-hmm. after school, I'd come back out here, drop my backpack off, and hang out with my, my same middle school friends Absolutely. over in the dubs. and learn a game and culture and all the things. Wow. And then, and then when, how early, um, do you remember just text in general, um, resonating with you? Was it early or did that come later? Early, real, real early, man. I remember being like elementary school. It was a back to school night and the teacher, I just knew she was going to like telling me for being bad. <laughs> and she brought up some poetry I wrote Wow. and she showed my mom and she was like, look, he has a gift. I was like, what I do <laughs> for real. It's good. What, uh, what grade was that? Fourth grade. Fourth grade. You remember? Yeah. Do you remember the piece? What it was? At least what it was centered around. Couldn't even tell you. Yeah. I, I was, it was just descriptive language, and that's wow. what that's what she highlighted. Wow. And I remember gravitating toward poetry. You know, my first first time ever in the newspaper was a uh, the oratorical fest over here at uh, at Henry J. Kaiser mm-hmm. Center, and doing um, I've known Rivers, um, Langston Hughes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, um, it's, it's always been around. I can remember being in middle school, freestyle battling. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember being in high school, sitting in the back seat of cars, smoking and rapping. You know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. like uh, it definitely matured as I matured. Yeah, and poetry turned to rapping, rapping turned into journalism, mm-hmm. journalism has turned into documentary films and books. And it's and I, that's what's so cool about someone like you and uh, um, uh, Mahersha and all these different people. Like it is, it is all connected. It's not 
and, and we try to treat it as these different things and we sort we often poke fun at the the actor who wants to be the rapper and the, and the writer who wants to be that like but it is all sort of one yeah. you know and um your pacing uh, t- pacing and timing is so fascinating to me because comedy is i love like comedians and their thought process and seeing them work through jokes and and work through their especially the ones that are more based on conversation yeah. um and in a good book the sort of patience that requires to get through a, not even just a good book but a, a good piece of writing the patience that is required um and a lot of that has been removed with clickbait and, and certain headlines and taglines, <laughs> yeah. and how how um, how have you been able to hold on to just staying committed to getting a full thought out, not being overwordy, um, but it's 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 clear, yeah. but it's not rushed ever. At least from what I've read, I've been practicing, man. I think of. I think of playing sports a lot. Mm-hmm. So I grew up playing baseball, but yeah. obviously you grew up in the neighborhood, you play basketball as well. Yeah. And I think of that repetition of shooting free throws. Yeah, yeah. And so what I'm doing right now, I write for KQED. I write a, a weekly column mm-hmm. about arts and culture in, in the Bay Area, yeah. specifically Oakland. Yeah. And 800 words. And so that's my free throw. Yeah. Every week, that's my free throw. And I you just know think it's coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, I, I know I have to have a, a message at the head of it. I have to prove my point by the end of it yeah. and try to loop it back to the message at the start. Um and on top of that, I freelance. So I might do a piece for, I'm working on a piece right now that I just finished today about asthma in the mm. Bay Area. And this means just venturing out. and like, I want to write about health a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, and so using that practice of shooting the free throw, this is me stepping back to the three-point line. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just going to hoist one real quick <laughs> and see if I can land it. You know? A heat check if you yeah, exactly, exactly. So we... Um, we jumped ahead. We got to the KQED stuff, but I want to. You so from you. You said you went to Athena and you went to high school out the way. What was that experience like in in terms of just you experience any culture shock? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And 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 any 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 career altering or or journey altering experiences there that you can remember from high school? <clears throat> uh, a couple couple things. Um, one, so race being a thing well there's a couple things so first of all I thought the suburbs was Lakeshore Avenue mm. so I go out to Danville <laughs> and I see the real suburbs yeah, and I'm going to school with like ball players sons and daughters yeah, and like doc, they got doctors mm. as parents you know things like that um, that student parking lot look crazy I crazy know. right <laughs> like 16 years old with beamers and stuff like yeah and they're mad like dad said I couldn't get the range <laughs> what what are you talking about this is crazy to me um, but that 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 was actually the real shock yeah. it wasn't necessarily race it was class. There you go. And so there were black students who lived out there. Exactly. And like I just didn't vibe with them. No. And then there were white students. Like one of my best friends is this white skater dude from, uh, where is he from? New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Lived in a shack that his dad had built. Wow. And he got a scholarship to that school too. We ended up being best partners. Of he like Nas. I like Nas. We, we kicked it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, the culture shock came around class and, and wealth, if you will. Yeah. Um, two things that really stood out to me was one, me kind of like, um, sectioning off myself so in middle school I was the kid I could sit down at any table and talk to everybody real kind of social butterfly mm-hmm. in high school I was still somewhat sociable but I still found myself like kind of just putting my hoodie on and headphones and writing a lot and um, reading everything from you know your Malcolm X to your Amy Tan to like just just really just opening up my own world you what, know? Uh, what brought that on was that was that someone nudging you in that direction or did it were you in, did something happen to make you sort of just 
Let me let me, let me um, buckle down. A I, I don't know. I can't say definitely. I mean, I'm sure, like, like I said, like in Nas, you'll mm-hmm. hear certain things in this references. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah, let yeah. me go look that up. What is he talking about? Yeah. Um, I'm Langston Hughes' predecessor. Gun on my dresser. <laughs> slang I use upsets college professors. I was like, what? Okay, what? let me let me go look more <laughs> Langston Hughes up. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I can remember writing about Frederick Douglass mm-hmm. and how the story of the like liberal white woman who taught him how to read mm-hmm. and how I felt that same way. A lot of my teachers were these liberal white women I'm who sure. were teaching me to read and kind of opening my eyes. Um, so similar experience to that. But what really set me on my path was um, as a graduation requirement, the school sends you either to Death Valley or to the High Sierras for at, a month. At, at high school? In high school, as wow. a junior. Wow. You spend 28 days backpacking either through the mountains or through the desert. And so the options are you can be with bears or you can be with snakes. Hmm. I was like, I can wrestle a snake, not a bear. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in the desert, right? Yeah. And uh, 28 days, three of those, you're by yourself, just completely isolated. They mm-hmm. check on your sunrise and sunset. Um, and I just, man, it's just a crazy experience being out in the middle of the desert, you know, like 120, it's, it's 120 degrees at its worst. On the coldest nights, it actually snowed because it's the high desert huh. and it was at the, the end of uh winter at the start of spring. So you, we got a pack of tent. Well, how does that, how does yeah, that exactly. work? So that you got, you got a like backpack, you got yeah, a 50 you. pound backpack. Gotcha. Um, like, you know, a water drum and every, I guess every three days or so, as you're walking, you walk a big figure eight through the desert mm-hmm. and every three days on your path, you run into another carload of materials. Got it. Got so it. it's, it's outward bound is, yeah, 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 yeah. is, is the kind of, uh, thing that it is but this um this journey this uh hero's journey mm-hmm. was the concept really because they kick you off the bus you go in this big figure eight you end up at a spot they pick you back up mm-hmm. and so this is the the real life enactment of the hero's journey mm-hmm. and this is something you see all the time in american literature you and and in movies as well and so i think about like shrek yeah like shrek was just <laughs> chilling and lord farquaad came and tried to regulate on his land he had to go out slay the dragon save the queen mm-hmm. and come back home come back, yeah. and so um that really put in perspective for me. Like I am kind of, I'm Simba, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going out, leaving my prior land, going out to become myself and come back. Absolutely. And so that's the long scale hero's journey. And even on a smaller scale, hero's journey is you this morning, mm-hmm. when you wake up, maybe your alarm clock goes off. That's your calling to mm-hmm. action. Then you go out, slay the dragon. That is all the things you have to do today. Save the queen, whatever that means to you, and then come home. Wow! And so that yeah, that that whole experience of going out into the desert really put that in perspective. What do you, do you? What was what was pre-pin uh, the desert and and post-pin? Do you remember? Is that clear? Is there a clear Hell difference? Yeah. Um, <laughs> feeling like feeling like I always have enough. You go out into the desert, you're like, oh, I need this. I need fruit snacks. I need clothes. No, we didn't bathe for a month, man. Yeah. I had way too many clothes. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to be musty. Yeah. Forget it. Forget just it. live it. Um, and you said pre-pin. It's funny. I grew up going by Drew. My middle name is Drew. Wow. So anybody who know me like from back in the day, that'd be Andrew or Drew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, after the desert experience, I started applying to colleges and also started working at Youth Radio. Mm-hmm. Got my first check. It said Drew on it. I couldn't cash it. So I was like, all right, I guess I got to start going by Penn Darvis. Yeah. And what was it? What's the, and you know what did what did who named you? Uh, that's my father's name. Oh, okay, yeah. you know the you know the meaning. And so I, in my later years, around twenty five or so, I went to meet my father face to face and mm-hmm. chop it up with him about it. Mm-hmm. And he's told me that um, he was adopted by a family by basically his mom's sister, and they wanted to keep the family last name. So uh-huh. they transferred his last name into his first, first name. name. And so there's a lot of people with the last name Pendarvis. There's a Pendarvis house. There's um, I don't know. It's in, in Swahili, Nina Akupenda, or 
it, it means to, I love you. Uh-huh. Um, so I'd like to say Pindarvis has roots to I love you. Exactly. But he was like, no, nah, it's Greek for man with five ships. I was like, man, we don't even got no Greek in us, dog. What you, five, I wish we had five ships. What, what you went, so you, uh, that was 25 you saw Pops? What was yeah. that? What was that like? It was a trip, man. Um, got in contact with him through social media. Mm-hmm. Um, a fam- another family member was like, hey, I have your dad's contact, you know, start exchanging info. Yeah. And um, by the time that I saved up enough cheese to go see him, he had been incarcerated. Like, he was always in and out of prison, mm-hmm. um, either for selling or using. Um, and so when I went to go see him, he had already kind of went bad on me through a letter, like, uh, never write me again kind of thing. Just mm-hmm. kind of like, I felt that he was... I don't say embarrassed, but he didn't feel like he was at his best, in his best light. Absolutely. Um, and at 25, I'd already graduated from Howard University. Um, I, had, I had stuff going for me. I Absolutely. wasn't, I was living in a, a small apartment in downtown Oakland, like yeah. a little hole in a wall, but yeah. um, on the outside world, I, you know, I'm a published author, yeah, a published yeah. journalist, yeah. whatever. Um, and so when I saw him, we had a great interaction. We talked, uh, but I could tell he was putting on a front. Like he sat down with glasses on. He took them off immediately. I knew he couldn't see with those glasses. <laughs> like, come on, boy, you're trying to look smart. What, uh, that's that's fascinating because that that dynamic in 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 relationship, um, whether whether the father is present or not, you do find that there are some. Um, there's this there's this this push or this rivalry to, for you to do it better than they did, but you I don't know if they're prepared to see you do it better <laughs> than, they, than you did, so it's sort of causes them to reflect on everything you know what I, yeah, it, it's yeah, weird because yeah. my my dad was around like 100 percent, and he yeah. would always say no he would actually get mad at me in the beginning i'm like y'all want to be like you pops and i remember he really hit me up like don't you ever say that shit and got mad like be better yeah and yeah. then as i start to do things and the music thing really is probably where it where it comes from because he's a musician okay you know and, and it's it is a I, he he's excited and he celebrates it but there is i do feel like there's some sort of sore spot as i pursue it you know it, yeah, it, it's yeah. just it exists yeah. and so i don't know what do you do you think that was something with your pops like when you when you when thinking back on it now i mean do you... no nah, i mean even so i've seen him since then I've, i went down to alabama again once mm-hmm. he was released and we just we went to some bars we chopped it up we real life hung out mm-hmm. and i realized like he kind of just needed someone to talk to hmm. as really many, be heard yeah, as, seen. Many, yeah. as many questions as i have for him Nah, he just needed somebody to holler at. Yeah. And be like, man, this is what really happened in life. And, you know, let it all out. Yeah. And, I mean, it made sense to me. Like, he's been adopted. He's been incarcerated. You know, he's been through so many different way- ways of just hiding in a shell mm-hmm. that he just needed to come out a little bit. Yeah. And what, so. Yeah. Where, do you, where does that, um, I, do you, do you, I, and I, because of, because of the single mother thing, I, I tend to ask people when they, when they relay that information, do you think that sort of empathetic trait, comes from you know, being around your mom and your sister you think for you <laughs> definitely not my sister <laughs> <laughs> she ain't empathetic <laughs> love you sis <laughs> she ain't trying to hear that though yeah. mom's is definitely man she's like your hood hippie mm-hmm. um bleeds optimism yeah. you know and um doesn't always have the best advice but she'll listen to you. Yeah. And I say not the best advice because sometimes she'll be like, hey, what can I do? You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But it's really like, even in that, there's peace in that. Yeah. I was like, damn, you know what, mom? You're right. What can I do? Hmm. You know? So, um, maybe, maybe so. Also, you know, that's kind of my profession is to, to, I've grown into being empathetic and listening to people and realizing that there's power and hearing everybody's story. Mm-hmm. So. That's amazing, man. And, 
and I and the the relationship or or lack thereof with your dad, it feels, and cr- and please correct me if I'm wrong, but it does feel that's what has shaped. OG told me is the absence of the the you know the traditional OG for sure that people have built in, and I feel like a lot of people take it for granted present day, but that whole concept though of just the absence of the OG and you going, no, they still exist. They yeah. just need a platform and a modern platform yep. that is brilliant. Where did, where was that? Does that, did that happen out at Howard? How, what, well, that, what, that started, that started in, in high school actually. Oh, okay. I remember like, again, being like secluded and writing in my books and like, we're studying like isms, you know, like religion mm-hmm. and how different religions come into play. I'm like, none of these religions really speak to me. The religion yeah. that I see out in the world is looking up to these elders. Like, we look up to these these elders religiously. Mm-hmm. You got to imagine, I grew up in a circle of friends in East Oakland who had, it was eight of us. Nobody had father in the house. Wow. But all of us were um, like subconsciously reaching out to the, the elders that we see in the community yeah. and be like, oh, this is how, this how P uh, hides his dope in the bushes or this is mm-hmm. how this dude over here um, talks. This is how mm-hmm. he dresses, you know? And we go out, reach out, get that, and come back to the circle and we quilt together this concept of manhood. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, it's blatantly about that. Um, yeah. And in the modern platform, I think that came into fruition when um, I started teaching. Mm-hmm. So after Howard, I came back and I started working with the African-American Male Achievement Department in OUSD. Mm-hmm. I was teaching at Oakland Tech. And uh, a lot of the boys that I was teaching that class, 20 young black men, like teach them how to tie tie, shake hands yeah. about geography. Like literally, just this is what you need to know about the world. Um, and a lot of them would just be on their phone. They'd be on Tumblr. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is a Tumblr? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is Tumblr? How do I? I'm, I'm not telling them because they're they're getting information, but it's it's titties that they're looking at. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so how can I put more substantive? How can I put something on that platform you know, for them? Yeah. How can I put something on the titties? <laughs> no, but really, man, like how can I put some information on there that 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 might um, benefit them in their evolution in terms of becoming a man? Yeah. And um, it dawned on me that at 14, I started looking back at my raps that I was writing at 14, 15. I didn't think I would live beyond 21, you know? Wow. So looking at them, a lot of them had that same kind of like, you yo. Say, it is it, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of like just living for an end. Yeah. And I, I was like, well, let me go talk to these elders, these 60, 70-year-olds, and show these young people that there are, you could live three lives. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? That there's multiple lives that you could live yeah. um, if you if you, if you you rock that way. Wow. So, yeah. and, then, and then just to, like you, you, you made a, you made, you painted a, the perfect picture um, with going to get game and like collectively put it together, like it's almost like you're making your own vision board of, damn, big homie does this, this, the other big homie does this, and you just put it together to make one. How much did uh, music and culture sort of shift that for you too, or shape that? I guess more is a better better word to say. Hmm. I'd say music. Uh, it's funny, man. As I, I'm reflecting, like. Where I was when, because mm-hmm. um, you know I grew up. I'm 30, yeah. and so I grew up with like when Pac died, like for maybe a year or so. I wouldn't get out the car while Pac's song was still playing. Yeah, let it play. I, I gotta let, let it, it rock. Finish, yeah. Otherwise, Tupac would strike me down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I was that devout about this. You know what I'm saying? But when Biggie died, I was like, dang, dude was kind of talented. Mm-hmm. Let me start listening to these East Coast rappers, and so I started listening to your Nas, your Jada Kiss, your Method Man, mm-hmm. your Wu Tang, the whole nine, and so. Um, both the South and East Coast 
were kind of out of reach. They were kind of almost like fake to me, you know, yeah, like not yeah. fake in a bad way, but like I can't reach imagine them. it. It may as well have been yeah. Disney movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the allure of the stories that they told had a great impact on on how I saw manhood or mm-hmm. how I saw adulthood, how I saw the world. Yeah. And then back here, the artists that I looked up to around that era, you kick the sneak, you're too short, you're yuck mouth. Oh mm. my God, yuck mouth. Yeah. I, I still feel like yuck mouth had the greatest potential to be the best lyricist out of the mm-hmm. Bay Area. Yeah. Um, I'd see them in the community. And so I'd, I'd want to tap into them. And um, I think that actually helped me beating the journalist. Wow. How, how so? How so? It was at that time where I was still transitioning between being a rapper and a journalist, maybe 18, 19 years old. Mm. And I was having trouble getting in contact with like Keek or Yuck Mouth or somebody like that. And I was like, dang, they managers aren't paying attention to me. Maybe if I ask them as a journalist, if I could interview them, they'll pay attention to me. Wow. And sure enough, that stuff started working. I went to the Bay Area. It was the Bars Awards of like 06, <laughs> 05, 06, something like that. And yeah, got in with the journalist pass, took photos, met Keek, met San Quinn, met all of them. Wow. And so, yeah, that journalist move just put me right in the ball game. And now I had all their phone numbers in my phone. But at this point, I'm like, I'm just going to keep being a journalist. Exactly. Like, one of the first interviews I did was with the Jacket, like at Youth Radio in Berkeley. Wow. And Jack came through, no problem. You know, if I'd have been like, yo, I'm a rapper, I want to get you on a song, he'd be like, man, get it's a exactly. million rappers. Exactly. And how's that benefiting me? Yeah. yeah but as a journalist, I'm like, let me interview you. I'll put you on a platform. And then I sampled the Jacka's voice and put that on a song, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that song has never like been released. A real, like a real one. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so yeah, that it helped me into that position, man. So that was 18, 19. Where does, how does, how does Howard come into play? Where did, um, Howard, what's how, the transition? Howard, I'm at Laney College. Um, we do one or two at Laney. I only did one. I did one, okay. So yeah, from, it's crazy. From that private school, you would think I'd have a scholarship and poof, be gone, mm-hmm. but nah, I ended up back at Laney. Mm-hmm. And, um, a couple close friends of mine died that year. 06, high water mark. 06 was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. homicides were crazy that year. Um, and um, it was 05 before that. The end of 05 was the 10th anniversary of the Million Man March. And they had a scholarship. The Marcus, Marcus Foster Foundation in Oakland had a scholarship to go out there and report on it. Wow. And so I applied, got it, free airfare, hotel. I get out to D.C. I see the Million Man March. Uh, I wasn't all feeling it. It was a lot of just things that rubbed me wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. It seemed like a, it felt like a spectacle. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I went mean, to the twentieth, and I, and I left feeling the same way. I was like, oh, something's not right. But I, you don't want. How do you voice that? Something yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I just I just remember being young and being in a white tee and somebody trying to sell me a bow tie. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not gonna wear a bow tie right now, bro. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I'm just not. Um, and then I saw Howard, hmm. and I went to Howard, and I obviously saw the women. So I just, man, I'm trying to holler at a girl at like three in the morning, dark skinned girl, go up to her. She's speaking French. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> they don't even got those where I'm from, man. That don't even make sense. Um, and then uh, on campus, see this dude like gold ones, dreads, and um, Doctor Scrubs. Wow. And I'm like, what for real? He's like, yeah, man, I'm from the Gump. I'm trying to learn here so I can go back down there and help my people. I'm like, okay, I'm sold. You yeah. know what I'm saying? This is where I need to be. Absolutely. Um, so I applied early admission and got in, and I rocked, man. And I was like, for that time period, I was there from 06 to 2010, 2011. Okay. And um, anybody who was there during that period knows about me being a resident assistant in Drew Hall. Wow. What, what is it? Please help me understand what it is about D.C. Because I've been, been on a few separate occasions, but every time I've gone, I've had that exact same reaction, just like, 
seeing these people that look like me but are like oh I, I, I at the at the twentieth uh mm-hmm. anniversary for the Man Man March there there was a whole bunch going on that same weekend. I think homecoming was around that time. It was a bunch mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. And um so that so that what is yeah. that? Uh is that Third Street? Whatever that that main drag is down and down in DC. Oh, know, that's a seventh. Seventh was popping like yeah, it, was, Ave, it was a yeah. long line and everywhere and standing in the line and and having conversations with different like beautiful women, engineers, yeah. lawyers, yeah. and I'm just like, oh my. And you and and and, and they. That's not to say that they don't exist here, but at that, the magnitude and how it's like it's overwhelming. Yeah. Like wow, this is definitely where I need to be. Um, just in terms of inspiration and 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 being around that, that just that's next level, and it and it exists out there, and it's not. It doesn't seem like it's talked about as much as it should be. It and just, you went, it, you know. And I, I got the full the full feeling, man. I was there when <laughs> when Barack got elected the first time. You wow. know what I'm saying? So like I I saw it, and then I also saw a transition. You know, and mm-hmm. kind of like Chocolate City got a little watered down. Yeah. Um. What was what? What do you think would what? what uh, was centered around that if you if you i mean the same thing is happening out here just yeah. straight people trying to move back from the suburbs into the inner city mm-hmm. um and yeah it's crazy now dc ain't the same um but i can say that when i was there what it made me think of if i could compare it to anything out here it's almost like san francisco on top of oakland on top of berkeley all in one just square mm-hmm. um and i said it to say that it has the the Berkeley vibe, like a college town. Exactly. It has the international feel of San Francisco. And then you go to different pockets of it, southeast, some up northwest, you know, you feel like you're back in the town. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. You go. Um, yeah, so uh, all in all, it was, it was just a crazy experience for me. Um, I hated the winters. Yeah, uh, it's real It's real winter, real seasons. Out real there. seasons, bro. <laughs> real seasons. Uh, Snowmageddon, it's like... <laughs> I remember seeing a car just parked on the island in the middle of the street and the snow caked up on it for like a week. <laughs> like, is it ever going to move? Is there anybody in there? Um, but in, in general, it was a great experience going to DC yeah. and, and all the connections I got from there. Yeah. And it's also a, um, a kind of a doorway city. That's what, the way I look at it. Transitional uh, city, sort of. Yeah. 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 Cause a, a lot of college play, a lot of colleges uh, and universities, and then a lot of nonprofits, a lot of government, government workers, and you'll find that a lot of people there are age 18 to 38 or so. Not a lot of Hustling. people. Hustling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Trying yeah. to make their career happen. Yeah. And what, um, how, any, any major influences in, in terms of how, where you are now that, that occurred at Howard? It, is there anything impactful that you can, you can highlight? Yeah. Um, anyway, you know, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's, there's a, a million, million of them, million but just, well, any, any major ones you, you could think of yeah. right off the bat, right off the bat. Um, working in that resident assistant hall. Mm-hmm. Um, so working as a resident assistant in the hall, I was working in the freshman dormitory yeah. and just realizing how of a, what, what position I was in where these young men spent 18 years underneath their mom and dad or grandmother, and whoever free <laughs> and they free. Exactly. And I'm the first person they meet. Yeah. And so I could be the authority figure. I could be their big brother. I could be the firefighter. I, you know what I'm saying? I could take on whatever mode I want to. Mm-hmm. And I, what I ended up being is the, the catalyst. And like, just, I created a poetry night and being like, look, first thing first, y'all gonna come down here, and express yourselves. Yeah. And, um, and then trying to find other ways to get them on their path to their career because that's what they're really there for. Exactly. Um, and so I think that led to me teaching when I got back to Oakland. Yeah. And so I still dabble in teaching, and I think that's going to be the end. It was what I that's want to do eventually. Yeah. yeah. You want like university level? You think? Yeah, university level, yeah. and then also um, I would love to see myself go back and forth between the university 
in a, a continuation school. There you go. You know, you so. really, really reach the people who need you the most. Yeah, yeah. I've had that experience. I taught at, at Ralph Bunch out here for two wow. years. How? What was that like? It was great, man. Yeah. What? Yeah. People think that like continuation school is supposed to be like a prison yard. No, it's a lot of misunderstood young people. It's a lot yeah. of people who just couldn't get to school on time. Yeah, and then it's a lot of just misunderstood young people. A lot of people who are homosexual yeah. and and just like with getting to fights at school because like, they're protecting their identity. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. yeah. Um, so just dealing, just really making connections with those young people. That's been really, uh, beneficial to me. That, um, and, and, and part of that, and, uh, somebody posted it the other day and just saying they didn't have a, an educator that looked like them until they went to, went away to college, you know, and yeah. what, and how much, and I was just, I was telling uh, my mom, and I experienced the same thing, and it just so happened my freshman year, my writing teacher in college was uh, was black, but he was from Alabama too. Okay. And uh, my first few papers, he may as well, he may as well corrected the whole thing in red marker because I was like, <laughs> it's like, damn, I don't know nothing. He just gave and you back the red marker. It, basically, basically, I don't, I, I don't know anything. But it was, it was, I needed it because he goes. I went back to I went like that first paper I'll never forget I went to talk to him after class and he was like yeah man I'm from the south you don't have no excuse you're gonna get this you know and and this just what helped this literally held my hand through through grammar you yeah. know um but it it resonated more because he looked like me and he was speaking my language right. you know and it just it showed me how important language is but also how visually and optically how we learn and how we what we decide to give our attention to um and it and i it made me think about how many how many of my partners coming up just completely checked out because the person at the front of the room didn't sound like them and like yeah i'm, it, I'm nah, from it, the rip it just doesn't out. compute yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and so you where'd you go to school Sorry. i i went to uh, i went to southern the whitest place in in, in america southern oregon in ashland Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. So wait, get this though. My uh, my high school coach, because it was all centered around hoop. Um, I took a couple visits, but they offered immediately, and that that panic of like, damn, we can't afford school. I don't know where the scholarship's gonna come. The first school to offer, I'm taking it. Right. And my coach was trying to talk me out of it. He's like, man, wait, please wait. You <laughs> please. got other offers coming, just wait. And like, nah, man, I don't got time. He's like, but you don't understand. You're gonna experience culture shock. But same thing, I went to Pano with the Pano Valley. So best friend white. And I'm like, oh man, it's been around right. white people before. I'm gonna be all right. He's like, no, nah, my and, and this is, and my high school coach is a white man from Indiana, and he looking at me yeah. like, no, you don't understand. This is a different type of white. And I'm like, what you mean? He's like, and he couldn't convince me. Man, I got off that plane. I said, oh my goodness, like, every everyone was white, like everyone. And then we got to the campus and everyone was white. And I was like, oh, my, he wasn't lying, nah. you know. And um, I was, I was damn near was trying to go home because I got to my dorm and my roommate. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to make it. Yeah. And uh, that first day, that first day of classes, my first, my very first class, I see my professor and I was like, thank God. <laughs> you know, savior. He's like, savior. Like and he was, and he, but he, he could sense the, the discomfort and, um, <laughs> and me being ready to get the hell out of there and he was yeah. like I know this is hard but I he's like trust me if you get through this you'll nothing ever in life will be um you'll never see anything as difficult you know you're just yeah. like all right I get it you know and 
I'm, thank God I listened to him because there, you know, there were days that would get harder, and then he ended up getting sick, and I didn't have as much access to him, um, uh, junior and senior year. But I, I, he had already helped with that foundation of me just powering through. Um, but the that 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 small amount of time that I did spend with them literally flipped how I was going to go through school. Like it changed it one hundred percent. Just in how I approached it, um, how serious I was taking it, um, and in and in career and foundation building and networking and and just the overall approach. But it was because of seeing, and he wasn't even a finished product, but he was at the next phase. And you talk about those many lives that you live, and a lot of us, we don't, we can't see past eighteen. You know, you know, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. we don't because how many people do we really know? But you, you, you'd have to work really hard to to think of the men and and I and I, and I say that because that it, it does that does have some difference especially in today's world it's like the men who are 35 45 55 and and success, successful whatever that means to you that you can lean on for information so when you see an educator that's like yo man look slow down and can really walk you through but again how important language is and it's fascinating that you're educated. Sorry, I talked so long, but I uh, no, it's I good. wanted to, I did want to get back to your 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 um your stint at Tech and um and I didn't I didn't even know that uh the you you were at the continuation school too. Yeah. But how many how many of your students do you see just around now? I saw it last night. <laughs> I saw it just last night at Safeway. I'm up there buying like some cold medicine. Yeah, a little cough. Um, and he's. Uh, musician uh-huh. doing well. It's crazy how I, I see people from like from the past life. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. one of my best friends from the Dubs is homeless, living on 40th and San Pablo. Mm. He's sitting in front of Safeway when I go there last night. Wow. He's like, what's up, bud? What's up, Drew? Yeah. Can I, you know, what I'm saying, get some change or something? Yeah. Buy him some bananas, some water, and give him some change. Yeah. Um, ask me, you know, what's up? And I talk to him like I still right. like, yeah, yeah, like really, still yeah. homie. Give him a hug. Really tell tap him I love in, him. yeah. And then the other uh, young young brother that I saw from Tech, he was a. Uh, Telling me about he's working a job, been there two months, hating it. Hmm. You know, been just kind of giving up some game about like, man, look, this is how you finesse this into the career that you want. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's what I had to do. You know. Yeah. Um, so I, it's it's great still being. It's like the community is a classroom, yeah. and I, I bump into people all the time. Um, and so I've taught it tech. I've taught it um, acclimates. Uh, did two years at bunch, and then I've done workshops just at just about every school. Just tap, yeah, just yeah. checking in with everything. And the journalism coincides with it. One hundred percent. You know, 100%. so like, and it, it's fascinating to you bring a, a camera into a classroom. You don't necessarily need to be like, this is the shutter, this is the lens. No, huh? Turn it on, take photos. Yeah. And when they come back with the photos, I'm like, look, this right here, this is called a cowboy shot. This right here is a headshot. This is yeah. a, a wide angle. Yeah. You didn't know that, but that's what you did. Yeah. And it's just like when they buy a cell phone, you don't necessarily read a manual to a cell phone. You just start using it. Just put it out there, man. <laughs> go ahead. Go crazy. And I'll tell you from, you'll learn from experience. Absolutely. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I get a thrill out of the teaching, the education side. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the, I, it's so funny, uh, experience and, and access becomes, it's such a consistent thing where you see it, just black, kids of color, black kids specifically, not having access to things and getting overwhelmed. But it is as simple as looking at it like the, when the sidekick came out, we figured out how to use that to its maximum potential, you know, and the same thing with these iPhones and everything that comes out, we figure out how to not only use it the way 
whoever yeah, built it intended for it, but, but beyond re- re- remix, that, it, yeah, yeah, remix it, and yeah. then the, and then these companies go back and monetize that, and it's like, well, damn, how do we start? How do we start building producers then that are of color, you know, that yeah. are on the ground floor of these groundbreaking ideas yeah. that all every every single one of them seems to just possess it just naturally like yeah just do this yeah. and it's so casual and it's the coolest shit to see but there's again there's no one there to cultivate that and uh <laughs> and to highlight it you know um necessity necessity is the, the key to invention you, you know yeah and so when they talk about like the tech rush or tech boom and all this innovation that's happening mm-hmm. in silicon valley and everything i'm like look but they created whistle tips out here right <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't necessarily necessity, but but it, but it was something innovative, yeah. a different way to use a and tailpipe. There was a market for it. There too. was a market, and they sold that, right? They sold that annoying shit. Um, but people have been creating out here for forever, for eons, yeah. and um, necessity. Um, I think of Twitter. Twitter was like a political platform yeah. for like people who are interested campaigning. In exactly. Exactly. Yep, yep. Yeah. And now, like, look at what people use Twitter for. Everything but. <laughs> you know, so, um, and um. That's, I mean, that is the beauty of technology. You mm-hmm. do have that pivot that, that is allowed. And um, I think that, you know, if <laughs> if more people saw themselves like that. There you go. You know, it's like you are created and people thought you were created for this. Mm-hmm. But you can hit a pivot at any point and show what you've really been created for. Yeah. And that's what, to me, uh, so what, so, okay, we're back. You're back from Howard. You're teaching at Tech, Mac, and all, and bunch, and all the schools. When does the blog start, or did the blog start at Howard? The blog OG told me. Yeah, it started at Tech. Okay. So 2011, spring 2011. About this time, actually, the the anniversary is uh, next week. Wow. Yeah. You doing anything for it? Uh, writing a blog about because I also put the book out exactly a year ago. Wow. So I try to do everything around mom's birthday in February. Got you. Uh, February 17th, same day as Michael Jordan, UEP, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, that's the day lightning struck, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, February 17th, 2011, I start the blog. Mm-hmm. Um, I apply for Cal grad school. Um, the next year, I go to grad school for two years. Yeah. I come out in 14. Um, and did, you, that, did you continue to blog through Exactly. I was going to okay. say it refined it. You, it. you can definitely tell. You can see where I start mm-hmm. and how it's like a rinky-dink kind of blog. And then by the end, I'm writing articles about how I visited some elder in prison, you know? Wow. And um, just seeing that growth. And, like, I've made it a point to not go back and change anything. Like, just typos. Just leave it. Yeah. Yeah, just typos in there. Let it be. And let it, like, let that be documented. Yeah. And so I kind of got burnt out. I just kept starting to get the same answers from all the questions I would ask. Mm-hmm. I, you know, going up to elders, asking them if they could talk to young people, give them some wisdom of what they say. Yeah. Got the same answers after a while. So I was like, all right, I'm going to let it sit, and I'm actually going to write the book. And the book is kind of the backstory as go. to why I did the, the photo essay. Got it, got it, it's got like it. It's like me okay. coming up. It's 12 essays from like age 12 to finally at 25 when I meet my father. Mm. And so, yeah. That's what I, gonna, I was going to, that was one of the questions too. Uh, explain the photo essay to us if you could in a mm-hmm. in a short sort of. Sure. Yeah. It's um, it's a digital library of elders in the community. Got it. Um, going up to elder black men, ask them, you could talk to young people and give them some wisdom what would you say mm-hmm. i take their answers i take a, a photo of them i post it there you go yeah. and it and and that and that's what's so dope about what you're doing with the with the blog how the blog was born initially and then where it's sort of come present day um and how you've sort of you've i don't know i don't know how many people are using social media better than you as in, in, in to inspire i'll say that you know um and how 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 do you see that 
with, with you know you want you said the end goal is to be get back in teaching how do you see how do you see yourself continuing to use social media as oh. it can as it grows you, you see that as an integral yeah, part you know you know what's funny uh when i when i will see some of them uh some of my young homies on the streets mm-hmm. They'll, they'll be like, hey, blood, I saw what you posted on social media. You know, I wasn't, you know, I ain't like it or nothing. But that's what I saw. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm like, hmm, okay. Yeah, I'm on you know It's on to yeah, something. So yeah. it's like digital mentorship. Absolutely. Um, and it makes sense because it might be three in the morning and they laying in their bed and just scrolling, you know, kind of numb to the world. Mm-hmm. And they see something that interests them right then and there. And that might be the spark. There you go. Um, and so I'm not, I'm for sure not teaching no classes at three in the morning. <laughs> but. That, you know, just having, being able to leave your digital footprint out there for anybody who wants to absorb it. Yeah. Um, and, and you see it. So many people um, that are on that cusp of that technology boom, sort of, they either fight it or they fully, fully fall into it and not really see it as for the tool that it is to to connect with the next generation and, and, and so forth. Yeah. Um, and and in and my notes and everything that I was highlighting and what, and what what struck struck a chord with me immediately with you is that I was getting so much substance from someone from something that existed in the world like literally the post before yours and the one after yours was probably a, a IG model and the one after that was more than likely a, a hoop highlight and I was like oh this is but that's to me that's dope though that you, you need can that get, sandwich. You need that sandwich. You, you do. Know, it, you do. You need all slices of them bread. You need all of that, <laughs> really, because that's the full. That hits your whole palate. Yeah, that's what you're interested in. Yeah, and so um, I think, yeah, my objective is to provide what I can't provide. Absolutely. But realize there will other, be other substantive things that will take your fancy as well. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of the the documentation of the, this generation, yeah. man, you know how crazy it is to go up to some elder cat and be like, "Hey, I want to take your picture." They're like, man, who is you, the feds? Exactly. Like, what, what you mean? <laughs> the young cat's like... Yeah, young cat's like, yeah, all right, no problem. <laughs> they got all the dope in their ass, too. And take it, put them next to their ear. Like, um, but uh, so, so I've been told that, you know, this photo that you have of me, the older guy, is like the only representation that I have outside of an institution. Mm. I've had photos in prison, photos in school, and photos in the, the armed services, but never just in my daily life. Wow. I was like, damn, I never really think about it like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just taking a photo, big dog. But this is a generation of people that aren't running around taking selfies. Exactly. Except for Al Sharpton. But, <laughs> but for the most part, excuse me. No, that um, I I I, uh, I, I I can't remember I can't remember when it was or what piece it was exactly. What I'm trying to think? Maybe I don't know because it's been a few. But it it led it sent me down the portal. To go to your to go to the blog site to the web to the site to the website excuse me, and look and look at the pictures and I'm just like damn when in terms of representation of color and again that authentic language that that you that you're using it it does so many more greater things than these concocted overthought sort of projects could ever do because it it's it actually connects, you know what I'm saying? It's not force fed and, and it's relatable. And, and, and I don't think it's just, I don't think your voice is just regional. And I do. Uh, and I, and now it makes sense to the, 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 your stand at Howard and, 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 and having roots in the Midwest and the South, of course, your voice wouldn't just be subjected to just the town. You know, it's, it, it represents all these different things. And you, the, um, the conversation lately has been how many different, sort of subgroups of black that exist but mm-hmm. there is a universal thread of language between all black we don't care what 
what class you 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 think you are assigned to. <laughs> you you understand some certain things. Some certain shit is just like, oh damn, yeah, you know. And and there's there's particular writers and creators that that's just not easy to do to to do that. And you you do it. And Appreciate that, it, and, man. And I and I and I wanted to tell you that today. Um, and I think about some of the. Uh, uh Nehisi Coates and have you read any? You, oh, for sure. That, that, sh- I, that shit dope. It's 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 so it's so deep, but it feels like I'm just reading one of the homies. I'm just chopping it up. This is so Nehisi Coates. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, there's another one. Uh, M. K. Asante. Yeah. He wrote this book called Buck. Yeah. Man, <laughs> bro, it's one of them books. Like the homies, like, hey, bro, we going out, bro. I buy you a drink. I'm like, nah, it's cool. I'm about to stay at home and read, and exactly. drink water. Like, like, they're like, what? Yeah, yeah, no, for real. Like that, that you book was just, it, it was so good. Like, I had to actually, I, I ended up writing him and send him a copy of my book. Wow. I was like, thank you, man, because like I've never really had that lens on Philly. I've heard so many stories about uh, L. A., New York. Yeah. You know, the in between uh, is the Philly story. Exactly. And it's like that's pretty tight, you yeah. know. And he paints the picture. He's a poet. He's a rapper. Um, and just had a very similar upbringing that I that I did, you know, yeah. kind of. So, but yeah, very good book, and yeah. um, so thank you for that. Thank yeah, it, and you, and you with connecting all those pieces, and and for our young men and our young women to not to not allow society to box them in and just oh you just got to be this one thing, like no you don't, no. and because so many of the so many of them blend, and if you're writing these stories, you can you can you can. You can partner with somebody and turn it into a full-fledged script. Uh, have someone edit it and find your publisher, put that out as a piece. You turn that into a, to music, the score. There's so many things we can do um, to get on the real estate side of entertainment because we're so we're we're still for the most part we seem like renters, but once you get in that side of production, yeah. you're there, and it and it's things that that can that can literally shift. Your traje- your family's trajectory of wealth forever if you're able to own and continue to own the stuff that you put out. So I admire you, uh, Penn, and I, I thank you for being a guest on Meet the Brave because it's, you know, it's something I'm trying to do. I wanted to do my part to, you know, to, to, to highlight these these particular stories in real time as opposed to wait till it's too late. I appreciate and we it. Can't ins- and we can't use what you've done to inspire someone immediately. Like, that's how, that's how fast this shit is moving. I'll be damned if I'll just sit by and not, and be the, oh, man, it's, it's, it's oversaturated. No, man, just do something then, yeah. you know, so. Just get active, man. My brother, I appreciate you. It's all good. Thank you for having me, man. Yes, I was sir. excited to be here, so glad, glad yeah. we can make it happen. Thank you, man. All right, peace. And that was our first episode of Meet the Brave. Um, real quick, I want to say thank you to OG Penn, to Penn for coming to sit down and and being and being one of the early guests. Um, there was a few people that uh, I did reach out to with just the idea, the general pitch and concept of the show, and so they were kind of going into it blindly. So I want to send uh, extend a, a warm. Um, an extreme level of gratitude to those people that that were able to walk into it cold without any sort of concept or example of what this would be, you know. And, and when I say it came out exactly, when I say they delivered and it was exactly how I saw in my head and I pictured it going all this time of just planning it, like really, really planning this out. Um, 
Yeah, man, that was our first episode, and I and and I really, really would be remiss without sending um, our deepest and most sincerest condolences to our brother uh, DJ Flo, um, Chris Santos, and giving him and, and, and the entire family love, um, family emergency, and and we got stronger than ever. So this episode is dedicated to them and uh, and the hopes that we're headed off in, into the to the right direction really doing something special um, this is the first episode of meet the brave produced by uh, mouse dotson and so much more to come for more visit monnydraper.com slash podcast make sure you like subscribe and share to stay connected follow me on instagram Free money, F-R-3-3-M-A-N-I. That's F-R-3-3-M-A-N-I on Instagram.